0: In this episode of Man Vs. Marriage, She Doesn't Think Like You, the Platinum Edition. The Podcast. How good do you want your life to be? It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man Vs. Marriage. The Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Man Vs. Marriage. The only show in the multiverse set to make you a better man, a better lover, and a better overall super stud. That has not been confirmed. It is I, the cute dog, in the Moran Family Studio, along with my lovely wife, Jeannie Moran. Hello. We're here today because we want to give you... The information that she doesn't think like you. Before we kick this off, I want to make sure that if you are an avid listener, first, I thank you in countries like Nigeria, India, Canada, and the first time ever hearing of this place, St. Kitts of Nevis. I have no idea. I had no idea where that was. I had to go look it up. (laughs) But there are countries around the world listening to Man Vs. Marriage, and we are absolutely flattered that you are doing so. Um, and since you are downloading consistently, make sure to like the podcast. Make sure to go and subscribe. Send me an email, but e- honestly, the easiest way, I think, is going to Man com. Then you'll see this little balloon in my face pop up. Click it, and let's have a discussion. So, thanks for listening. You're a freaking stud. If you're a girl and you're listening, you're a stud S. Let's just get to it. Okay, honey. She doesn't think like you. No now. kidding. I remember, and it's it, just a spoiler alert that's a good thing in many cases. But I remember sitting in the chair and finally coming to the understanding when we were sitting with Coach Rita that you just don't think like I do.
1: Not even remotely close.
0: That is an overstatement because we do think like each other in, in other ways. But in certain categories, you are correct. And just to say it sounds so simple to say you don't think like me, but I didn't actually really get it. I'm slow to come around in some things. Like I didn't understand until the, the last couple of years what it meant to call me late for dinner. You know, it's like, you can call me anything you want, but don't call me late for dinner. It's like, why would you care what people call you? And it's like, no, you dummy. (laughs) Just don't call me late to dinner so I, you know, I get there and all the food's gone. But hey, some things I'm slow (laughs) about. That's the way it is. But when I came to the realization that you don't think like me, it was an improvement in our relationship. And of course, a lot of that came from the situation where we discovered speed bumps. Oh, yeah.
1: Speed bumps and craters.
0: It wasn't that you didn't care in some of these issues. It was that you think differently. We go about our business differently, whether it's in our personal life or our professional life. So, you know, when it comes to she doesn't think like you, we're going to give you a couple of examples of where we identify that we don't think the same, but it's okay because you can actually use that as a strength in your relationship. Would you agree?
1: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, definitely.
0: Well, and the other thing is is that you you gain a greater understanding and a different side of perspective. So our... Go ahead, go ahead. You
1: learn like that kind of helped too with triggers and knowing ahead of time, okay, this is how she thinks. I know this is how she thinks. So I'm going to preface it with this to make sure that she doesn't spiral this way or... I know something's going to frustrate you. So it's like, okay, timing. If I understand how you're going to think about it, if I know how your reaction would normally be, then I know not to give it to you when you're in the middle of, you know, 15 things at work.
0: <laughs> yeah. And that is, that's something that I came to learn um, several years ago. And, you know, it's a it's a pretty cliche thing to say, but I added it to part to my philosophy, which is timing is everything. And I had to learn that because, you know, generally, when it came to certain situations, I would just say what was ever on my mind. And because I'm sometimes the kind of guy, if something's on my mind and it's not resolved, all I could do is think about that. And, I, you know, it's something I had to work on. So there are times where you might want to pause and say, eh, that was not the best time, <laughs> you know, right when you're going on a date, it's like, well, why share this frustration when you're going on a date? I'm not asking you to hide anything. I'm just saying be more selective of the audience and the moment.
1: Don't discuss money problems or money arguments or bills that need to be paid on your way to a date.
0: Yeah, cuz it'll <laughs> just freaking screw it all up. So, the, here's a couple of examples. Here you go, coughing again, honey. You got to you got to draw back on that, all right? You know what? This week I'm going to I'm going to dip into my savings and find a cough button for you.
1: I don't need a cough button. I cough all by myself.
0: No, a button. So when you cough, I can mute your microphone very easily.
1: Why would you mute me?
0: You know why. Don't get lippy or we're going to turn this off and I'm going to come and bite you.
1: (laughs) And there goes the podcast. There goes the podcast.
0: (laughs) All right, so here it is. Um, 14 minutes in, finally here it is. Uh, Jeannie would complain about stuff all kinds of stuff, whether it was the house, the kids, or, you know, her health. I would take that as, she's complaining about it, so she wants me to fix it. So I would turn into Mr. Fix-It. And that came with its own list of problems. See, the way I think is if I'm going to go to the trouble about complaining to something, you better darn well believe I'm going to fix it. For her, when she complains about something... I'll let her tell you in her own words.
1: I'm just airing it. I need to get it out, and then once it's out, if I'm I'm okay. I just need to let it go. If not, and sometimes it's out, and I'll ask, or you'll ask. You know, do you want me to suggest this with you, or you'll tell me? Well, I have some suggestions, but I don't know that that's what you want right now. It's just a way of letting me kind of let it go. I mean, I'm sitting around the same eight people nine people all the time. And it's, you know, they're teenagers. They weren't always teenagers, but we had a lot of stuff going on and I didn't have adult conversations. So when Quincy got home, word vomit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's just, it is what it is. It's just word vomit. I just needed to get it off my chest because you can't really complain to a five-year-old kid that can you just shut up, please? Doesn't go very well. Yeah. So, you know.
0: It's true. And so I would see her... Conversation, her complaints, her frustrations, through my own lens, and then what I would do in turn is try to get down to business and go about her complaints um, with my method.
1: And then it frustrated me because I don't think like him. So when he would give suggestions on how to fix it, I'm thinking, well, what the hell? You think I can't handle my stuff? Yeah. You, I, I mean, I can, I can handle this. I can do this. But it was just, it was a, a place of contention for us. And it wasn't intentional, it's just my brain doesn't work like yours.
0: Right. And, w- and what we came to find out, and, and actually, it was a, si- a couple situations at work that helped me understand this a whole lot better, is that when you get into Mr. Fix-It mode, you start to minimize her frustrations and her feelings. And it's not something you do intentional. And you may not even try to be condescending about it, but it's like, well, this is freaking easy. Do this. But it's not actually that easy, especially for that, you know, that type of personality, because Jeannie is more of a an introvert. She's, you know, slowly, uh, methodically, very calculating. And I sometimes I just think about something and I go do it before even thinking about it. You're the very right impulsive. Thing. Yeah. I I'm either very impulsive, or I get paralysis through analysis. Yeah. And the both sides of the extreme scale there tend to screw things up. See,
1: and I'm the opposite. I will think something through, but then I weigh out both sides of my options. And do I really want to go either way? And a lot of times I'll get stuck. But um, for the most part, it's I just need to process through it figure out why I'm thinking this way, why I'm feeling this way, and what's my best outcome. If I get stuck, now we have questions that we use in the conversation that help process through it.
0: So there's so many different categories where it comes to potential, she doesn't think like you, and that would go with family, your finances, communication, sex, silence, arguments, and one of the most infamous things that we've ever come across, which is the question that she used to ask me, which is, are you okay? That question, that question used to piss me off. That was
1: a landmine, and I didn't know it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I never said anything, really, because I didn't realize what that question meant to me. But I don't know if it, I, I I couldn't put my finger on it that time, but coming from... Um, a divorced house and spending a lot of time independently from parents and a lot of time disappointment-wise because you don't know, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: who you're hurting worse, which parent are you with, the other parent, how do they feel, all these other things, being re- responsible for my kid brother. I always found a way to make it work. You were always okay. I no was No matter what. Right. I was always okay. And... Really, I wasn't. No, you were
1: surviving. (laughs) And when
0: you were asking me if I was okay, it was like, how dumb can this question be? I'm mad, I'm frustrated, I'm upset, I'm confused, or whatever the emotion was at that time. And it's finally, it's like, you know what? I don't even freaking care. I'm going to be fine because I'm always fine. And if you're asking me, that means you don't care enough to figure out what's going on with me. Or you just did something to make me mad. How do you not know about this? (laughs) So that... It came down to it in a movie theater. I don't remember what we were arguing about, but you looked at me, you asked me if I was going to be okay, and I said, it just very calm, very endearing and sincere, yes, I'm always going to be okay. You never have to ask me that question again. Isn't that how it went down?
1: Pretty close to exactly how you said it. And if you've listened to us, you can probably imagine it pissed me off because it's condescending. I, the way I, he said it was just kind of like, you can shut the F up now and you never have to say it again. And I'm thinking, I'm going to slap you. Yeah. I'm going to haul off and slap you in the middle of a movie theater.
0: <laughs> and I and I honestly remember it being more like, I'm always going to be okay. So you never have to ask me that yeah, question again. You were
1: kind of an a-hole about it.
0: I was pissed and I was in shutdown mode, and it didn't work out. But, as Coach Rita always does, she was able to ask me why I took so much offense to that, and we were able to walk through it. Now, for Jeannie, you ask her if she's okay, it's like a heart check for you, right? Like
1: Yeah, we've, we've actually changed the way we ask because I, we learned that are you okay is not necessarily... It's not that it's a bad thing, he's worked past it, but it's still one of those things that I walk around a little bit just to make sure I don't set it off. Um, we'll ask things like, okay, where's your thought process on this? How's your heart in this? Um, what's your mindset? And all it is, is we're checking on each other to make sure we're okay. But depending on the scenario, it depends on which question we we work with because you know, dealing with an example is dealing with our son when he has one of his massive meltdowns, he can be very, very hurtful in what he says. Mm -hmm. And so it's not really, are you okay? Or where is your thought process? It's always, how is your heart? Because I know that that is, um, a sensitive place. That's, that's something that hits the core of you. But if it's, um, you know, work related, or we just had an argument with one of the kids and some things came out that maybe we weren't expecting, or we said some things and, and we don't like to have to say that stuff, but it has to be said sometimes. It's like, okay, where's your thought process in this? Because I want to know, are you eating yourself up about it? Are you okay with, with how it went and what was said? Do we need to go back and maybe recheck with the kid and see where they're at, and make sure that it didn't hit a heartstring there. It, it's all about the verbiage now. I think is just changed, but it's the same question. It is very basic. Are you okay?
0: Yeah, and I've been able to I've been able to grow past that because I, when she would ask me if I'm okay, I was going on some really, uh, really big assumptions that you know you're the one that made me mad, even though I didn't tell you. Uh, You know I'm mad about this and I'm hurt, even though I didn't explain that. I read
1: your mind. It's all good.
0: That's right. That's right. (laughs) That's right. Um, Or I'm very disappointed or I'm dipping into my barrel of resentment because of this particular topic or subject and expecting you to know that. And it's like, why would you even ask me if I'm okay? That's the dumbest thing you could ask me right now. But I didn't even take the time to explain to you how I was. And now I realize when you're asking me, if I'm okay, it's because you really care and you're trying to locate me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I can, I can work through that now. And I also had to come to terms with when I'm not okay, it's okay to say I'm not okay. And that's something that I never wanted to admit. Um, I don't know if it was subconscious, unconscious, unconscious, outer conscience. I don't know what it was, but I would never not be okay because I would just well, put my head down and charge through it.
1: That's just it. That that was where we were though, coming into all this is we were both living in survival mode. When we first got married, we were in bliss. You know, We, we were having our, our time together. This was just us. And then life flipped us on our head and we were in survive because that's what we learned growing up the way that we grew up. I can put my head down and mow through this, and just don't make eye contact and keep going. Yeah. Um, whereas for you, it was just, I've got 15 other responsibilities to think about. I'll deal with me later. And that's how we went into the marriage. So by the time we got to Rita, I'm okay was simply, of course, I'm okay. I as I'm breathing, bills are paid, got a roof over our head, we're yeah.
0: good. I'm a freaking pro at this. Leave me alone. Mm-hmm. But that's not what I wanted. So what what I'm asking you to do, guys, here. And you may be far ahead of this because at the time we were going through this, there was not this explosion of um, self-development. It wasn't as prominent no. as it is now. There, there wasn't really like the school of YouTube or all these podcasts that were happening that gave you insight to relationships and everything else. So if you're way ahead of where we were, cool. If not, and you still need to understand I'm going to give you a couple of keys here and then one last example of how Jeannie and I think differently. Now, this is not to say, well, I don't do this in my relationship and I don't do that. Okay, we'll take these stories in this journey and see if it relates to anything. Now, if you've ever been to church, you know the pastor's talking, there are some things that don't relate to you. Fine. It doesn't relate to you. That's good. But you could do what we call a valve check to see... If there's any areas in your life where there's a rub or tension or there's a wall where y'all cannot get through, a place that it, it, it's like a pinch point, if you will, that you you want to resolve in your marriage and your relationship and your communication. Think,
1: think of it this way. Whenever you play a game, you always go back and you review the tape. You always go back and review the tape. What did I do wrong? What did I miss? What, what, what did I not see from where I was standing in the moment? Go back Take some of the things that we're telling you. Review the tape. If you had an argument, go back. Okay, what was said? How did it start? What might have been going on in that day? What else was happening that could have caused this? So why was that suddenly the trigger point? It, it, that's all you're doing is you're going back through and you're reviewing things in your mind. When something comes up and you spot it, you'll catch it faster. Right. You're going to see it because you've already screened it. You know what you're looking for now.
0: Yeah, and it's that uh, it's that awareness thing. I wish I could remember what it was. I maybe if I'd have prepared a little bit better, I would, you know. But it's it's this theory. You don't. You never see the blue SUV until you buy a blue SUV, and then the blue SUVs Ooh, the are challenges. everywhere. Yeah, they're just everywhere. Now you see them everywhere. That's that's what this is going to be for you when you start to discover. Oh. I understand now she doesn't think like me. I understand now I don't think like her. And that's okay. That is okay.
1: It's necessary.
0: It actually is. It has its strengths. It has its values. And so what we're going to ask you to do is, first of all, assume nothing. Because it is true, assuming makes an ass out of you and me. Okay? that That is just point blank. Now, there may be times where you're right over the target, and then there's times where you're just really off base. But... Here's an example, another example of um, where Jeannie and I thought differently and we had to give each other the freedom to be ourselves and to think through how we think so we can process it. Some of it's a mental exercise and some of it is like mental uh, preparing or Mm -hmm. preparation. So the example we have quickly here is the clouds and speed bumps. Now, that was big for us. I am a dreamer. I'm a business starter. I'm a guy who starts 10 or 12 different things, or at least I was, and I would catch steam, hit fire, get on a streak, and then quit. All those things, though, would take my time and attention away from my family and my marriage. And they ended up falling flat on their face because I didn't see them through. Mm -hmm. I was always off to the next thing. Um... And that was a rub in our relationship, because whether it was coaching football or doing radio or starting these clothing lines, I'm not saying they're bad, but if I would have picked one avenue and went with it and scheduled the proper amount of time to, and made sure that I was taking care of my family at the same time, it wouldn't have been as big of an issue. But when something comes up or an idea comes up, I would start talking about, all the things it could become. Or if Jeannie had an idea, I would fast forward 10 years in the future and overwhelm her with all it could become.
1: It it would force the brakes very quickly for me. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And so Coach Rita helped us in a counseling session because she said, look, you know, I was like, look, I'm not going to do everything. I just live in my imagination. So I need the opportunity to blast off.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Into outer space or the clouds and then the closer I descend back to earth with my parachute the more I get down to reality of where I need to be and Coach Rita said yeah give him the freedom to go to the clouds and go with him to the clouds you won't die <laughs> <laughs> you know and that and just Jeannie taking me uh, going on a trip with me to the clouds it actually freed up a lot of of angst and anxiety in our relationship when it would come to a new idea because I'm here I am I'm just stretching my brain living in my living in my imagination getting excited and then I work through the steps all the way down to see is this an idea that I could truly vet and could it become something and should I pursue it
1: basically it was allow him to figure out for himself if this won't work yeah, because originally you would say, well, I'm going to do this. And you would start talking about all these things. And in my brain, it's going to cost us money. It's going to take time. I'm going to be alone with the kids. He's going to be gone again. We don't have this kind of money. We can't get that at the time. We there's no way we could get the loan for this. There's no way that we have enough hands for that. I had already processed through why it wouldn't work. And. In the beginning, I would just rapid fire. Dude, he's taken off in his little air balloon and I am shooting darts at the damn thing going nope, 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 nope and pulling on the cord, bringing him back down cuz this is not going to happen. Yeah. And when we got with Rita, it was go with him, let him get there, ask questions. But don't start throwing darts. Let him process through. And usually it only takes a few days and he'll come back and say, "You know what?" it's a really cool idea, but now is not the time. Or, you know, it's a really cool idea, but I just figured out how difficult this could be to do this. So it's not something that we can do. But I had to give him the freedom to go there. At the same time, he had to give me the freedom to know, okay, I'm not doing this yet. Just hear me out. Because otherwise my brain automatically went to all the different reasons of what what was coming. Um, And he would have to remind me just come with me don't slam it just come with me let me tell you what i'm thinking imagining is great i don't have a problem imagining i love imagining Mm -hmm. but i was stuck in reality 24 7 yeah because of my
0: track record and what i did
1: well and we had a lot of things out in just our dynamic that was a constant in your face stuff so i wasn't able to process through and wipe those things out my imagination was stuck
0: well and that's the thing i was going to say is the the byproduct of that was that you began to allow yourself to go to the clouds yeah. without me it backfired once or twice but still you were able to start going you gave yourself permission got some freedom in your life to go to the cloud so it was an experience for you that may very well led to where you are now yeah. to, you know becoming an author i don't know but I do know that it did help you because then you started using that language back to me. I'm going to the clouds. And if you're going to go to the clouds, I'm going to tell you what, <laughs> I'm going to get in the basket. We're going to go together because I'm going to be your biggest cheerleader. Yeah, You know, I love going to the clouds. I love that think tank, brainstorming, well, thinking it, about something big. You it know?
1: helps knowing that I think the way that I do. And even if I tell you I'm going to the clouds, now we're switching roles. Mm-hmm. And because we know how the other person thinks he's gonna keep me grounded okay we're here now let me switch roles on you what does this look like what do you see happening here how do you see this playing out because sometimes when you're the person going to the clouds you're not looking at any of that you're right. just like "Woo, big idea That's i'm right. gonna get excited and right. then the person behind you is going oh god okay
0: well <laughs> in my and my thing is is i don't like to say why we can't i like to say why we can or how we can? Well, that's
1: just it. It's uh, the questions have changed to okay. How do you see this happening? What does this look like? That's that's. I mean, even looking at the book now, when we sat down and we started discussing writing, I was just going to write, and then we found out what it looks like to be an author and publish by yourself and all the different social medias and all the different things that. And my brain went uh-huh, new. No. Yeah, but. It was as simple as, okay, what other avenues are there? How could we make these things happen Mm -hmm. without putting the stress on me? And we discovered the PA and we discovered someone else to manage my social media. So I don't have to. All I have to do is write and give them the information I want put out and they'll do it. But I'm still doing what I want to do and I'm still getting that dream. We just had to find a different avenue for it.
0: Yeah. I agree. You know, the other side of that is speed bumps, but we are running super short on time. So what we can do is tell you that there's another episode coming that's dedicated (laughs) to speed bumps, but the quick version is um, there really is no quick version. Yeah,
1: there is. Uh, Quincy, when he works, can have 15 things going on, and you could throw something at him and say, hey, I need you to take care of this, and he can very quickly switch gears, get that done, and get back to his list. I do not have that switch for the gear. I could be doing my 15 things and Quincy would call and say, hey, babe, can you handle this for me? Because I really need it to get done. And my whole world would go. Yeah. Because I had my ducks in a row and you shot one. So, um, Whiskey,
0: tango, foxtrot. <laughs>
1: exactly. So we had to come up with, um, now he he tells me ahead of time or he'll text me, okay, speed bump. And it gives me a minute to not freak out. Let me stop what I'm doing, put everything aside, listen to what he has to say, and then we process through where does this fit, mm-hmm. how can I accomplish it, and what can we put on the back burner if need be, so that we can do. Because a speed bump means it's something that has to happen now. It's something that we need to look at immediately. Or
0: it's, or it's so, difficult news.
1: Yeah. Or it's something that may you know rock the boat a bit. So it's just it's just a warning. It's like putting up a, a orange flag for construction zone. This is coming. Chill for a second. I need your full attention. You can't just blow past it at 60 miles an hour. You're going to blow a tire. That's all it is.
0: And we're going to get into depth on that and even give you buzzwords that we've created. Thank God for Coach Rita. Thank you, God Almighty, for Coach Rita. I said that looking in the sky. You did. You see that? Um, All right, that's it. Hey, look, you know now, she doesn't think like you. It's a good thing in almost every case. Um, and what that does is it helps you understand each other's value and what you bring to the relationship. You can celebrate each other's uniqueness and understand that you don't want to conform her into you, or you don't want her to conform you into her. Um, and it helps you learn about how each other think. It's a very valuable journey to get on. So I encourage you to go for it. Thanks for listening. Any final words, honey?
1: Nope.
0: Okay. We sure appreciate you listening. This is the Q-Dog. She is Genie. And this is Man versus Marriage. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? You gotta live on purpose. For a purpose. It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Merritt, the podcast.